millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of the part. Of this part of pub of the park of this of the best bits of the park best bits of this sorry I've been drinking whiskey all weekend best bits of this afternoon's show <clears throat> but um, yes it was a good show I think good yeah well, solid five stars solid seven out of ten <laughs> yeah, okay uh, Danny Kelly that was partly down to Danny Kelly of course Danny was good who joined us for half an hour to look at some of the big sports <laughs> stories of the day you were brilliant as always told us a few great oh, stories thank you no not you <laughs> I know that. not you the <laughs> listeners and uh, and also Lars Simerson joined <laughs> us with a scan- of 21 years yes yeah, <laughs> Scandinavian football expert <laughs> And uh, he told mm. us about we're talking about Norway. I think a lot of people that don't really follow mm. World Cup qualifying think, how did Norway not qualify with the players they've got? But anyway, he explained all that and uh, looked at the current state of the side and why City have taken a physio uh, with him to Norway. But anyway, that's all explained here. It all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Paul, I thought I'd cheer myself up on the weekend and watch Chelsea's women's team. And oh, yes. Uh, and they lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, it's not going well at the moment, but there we go. It wasn't a great performance, really, but uh, they do need VAR in women's football, I think. Was there, were there oh, VAR yeah. issues? Oh, yeah, Chelsea had a right. second goal, which would have made a big difference, disallowed. And uh, But there we go, there we go. I'm sure it will eventually. Uh, I was reading about it, we've all, a lot of chat about live golf, but mm. you can see... I mean, what, I didn't realise there was a tournament this weekend, which probably tells you about how well it's working no, from a PR point yeah, of view. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah. That's the thing. According to Greg Norman, though, there are lots of people queuing up to show it, but I'm not sure people will be queuing up to watch it. Mm. But uh, this is really the whole nub of it here, with a golfer called Pat Perez, who I've never really particularly heard of. He's yet Professor to, Pat Perez. He's, he's yet to finish higher than 15th in any yeah. of the tournaments. But because of this team section of the thing, he's yeah. part of Dustin mm. Johnson's team, he's actually already pocketed 2.6 million. Oh, we all want to be Pat Perez, don't we, really? That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, That's good old Pat Perez. Absolutely. I can't stop saying it now. Pat Perez. Rose, Pat <laughs> We'll, we'll talk to Dan. I went to uh, Brentford on Sunday and we'll talk to Danny about We that. will, yeah. You were impressed by Arsenal. I mean, I, I only was, saw it on the TV yeah, and I, mean, I was impressed as well. I know, actually. it's sad. Slightly sad. fearful <laughs> the derby round the corner. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll come on and we'll talk to Danny about that. You did get a chance to pay your respects. The, I did. On, on a final journey to, um, yeah, to I mean, Windsor, you were able, the, the, able to see. It would be the, pretty poor if I didn't. Point. It was a hundred, I counted a hundred steps from my front door so yes. you know I, and it, there was a big crowd I mean there was, there was crowds yeah. all the way along and uh, and uh, I had the idea though quite a good idea of taking a ladder yeah because you know being short well you can do that when back. it's 100 steps it becomes a bit more difficult you've got to <laughs> yeah, take obviously. it about 50 miles I just yeah. carried this sort of half ladder uh, thing that you know yeah. Yeah, very useful bit of kit well, and, ladders are they, are well, very, they can be they are very useful Andy if you look into it uh, yeah and so it was and I was determined height. not to film it I wanted to watch it yeah and, you know, I watch, agree I think that's absolutely you know, right but you know afterwards you do think oh, it would have been nice to have a photo of it but no I'm glad I didn't though. No, I'm glad I, I think didn't. you'll find there are plenty of yeah there were plenty of capturing the moment right. all so, along uh, the uh, you know look it was beautifully done I mean everybody said that. I had people text me from around the world saying how impressed they were you know so you know, I think it it was it was brilliantly done. There's no question about that. Now, um, a little footballing moment um, from the weekend. A slightly spiky um, David Moyes. You know, when managers when managers lose a game, they get a bit chippy, don't yes, they? Yes, it's funny that, isn't it? Find that. They're quite often, the same when they win. They're often all sweetness and light when they've won a game, but they've had a defeat. <laughs> a little bit chippy. Just a and touch. one of the journos in the room was seen to be a touch over-familiar mm. uh, with uh, David Moyes, or Moisey, uh, as we yes, like to call oh him. Dear. And, um, well, this is how it unfolded. 
Moisey. <laughs> yeah, don't think we're that close. <laughs> Slightly well, aggressive, passive aggressive yeah, laugh passive aggressive. there. It wasn't too but it bad. was, and it was, but no, I know, but it was. Oh, he, yeah, not yeah. really laughing. But um, if they'd won two 0 of course, it, he wouldn't have minded. But I felt for West Ham in mm. that game because you know, and they're here. Arsenal were lucky that they hadn't had to play mm. on Thursday mm. and then Sunday lunchtime like that. You know, West Ham to be away in Europe on a Thursday night in yeah. a terrible competition that is nothing yeah, the down. Conference you plate, it does you no really, favours. No favours. Really. And then to have to play away at Everton, you know, they're, they're, it was clear Everton were much stronger in the second half than West Ham were. And, and actually, they looked solid, Everton, and good, it was a good goal, fine finish. Mm. But I did feel for West Ham, it was a definite disadvantage. So we were thinking today, tales of over familiarity. I mean, have you been in a situation, or maybe someone was over familiar with you, or you were over familiar with them, or you witnessed it? But in the Moisey envelope <laughs> uh, this afternoon, if you've got tales, often with a sort of officialdom, isn't it? it might be the clergy mm. or the police, or do you know what I mean? Or who knows? Mm. I mean, but but when did you get? A touch over familiar, and uh, it was noted. Um, let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text to eight ten eighty nine, or you can tweet to TS H and J. Something else we'll be discussing with Danny is why, uh, after the um, Brentford Arsenal game, as Thomas Frank uh, toured the, the Brentford Stadium, thanking the fans for uh, their efforts and. Uh, uh, he was carrying a box of Maltesers under his arm. Yeah, he wasn't distributing the Maltesers. No, he wasn't giving them out. I no. mean, he's clearly saving them for later. <laughs> but with, look, we don't know. If you're a Brentford fan and you can tell us, maybe there's someone who every week wants to thank him for the job he's doing at the club and gives him a, a, a box of Maltesers. Maybe it's sometimes the box of celebrations or <laughs> something like that. But he was. I mean, I, to the point where I was watching matches then, I thought, hang on, Really? And, and stopped and clicked on it. Yeah, box of Maltesers under his say, arm. They used to, in the old days, their advertising slogan was less fattening centre. Mm. And you wonder, I don't think they do that anymore. Right. Because it's still, mm. I think that was about 1952. Le- probably less fattening <laughs> solid chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do let us know. We are, we'll, um, do you know what the situation was there? And have you ever handed out an unusual gift like that or seen one? I mean, that is quite unusual. Right? So you go to a... Four, and you can also, how do they get them into the stadium? You what, can't get into... Some Maltesers. Yeah, you try and get into Chelsea with a box of Maltesers. <laughs> I think you could. Do you think you can? Yeah, sealed box. I don't know if they're already. If they're well, yeah, already... but I mean, it's not that sealed. It's not lead lined, is it? I mean, <laughs> no. it's easy to get into, but they don't like you taking food and drink into football True. stadiums, do they? So I don't. Andy, try it for the next Chelsea game. Despite the red box, try and get in there with a box of Maltesers and uh, see if you're wrestled to the ground which will be by the stewards, which will be my guess. Come back and get them after the game. Um, do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash HJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport Now. Uh, normally on a Monday, we, we like to pour over the Premier League uh, weekend. Mm. Um, we've, of course, for obvious reasons, delayed that for 24 hours. And rather than looking on a game-by-game basis as we do, uh, there are plenty of talking points emerging from the weekend that are still worthy of discussion. And so that's where we're at with Danny Kelly, who always joins us on a Monday. Good afternoon, Danny. Hey, chaps, how's it going? All good? All yeah, good. it's not too bad, yeah. thank you. Good, good. Um, well, let's start with... Uh, I've been an awful lot of chat about Leicester since that defeat to Spurs and the comments by Brendan Rodgers uh, afterwards. Um, and I heard Andros Townsend with Law and the gang on breakfast today saying, give him time. Let's. But there is a feeling, I don't know how the Leicester fans feel, but you just sometimes, as a football fan, you kind of know mm. when it's run its course. You kind of know when, when you look at a team, whether it's your team or another team, you think, yeah, that's not working. You know, maybe, maybe the best thing for both parties is to uh, bid each other farewell. And it, it is feeling a bit like that, Danny, isn't it? I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it, to, to watch Brendan Rodgers. Um, you know, he's been around a, a, a very good length of time now, but even he can't disguise, and he's very good with the media, he can't disguise the thousand-yard stare that no. set in. <laughs> um, every question results in the sort of, we've got to work hard on the training pitch. But hang on, you've been working hard on the training pitch, I presume. Um, I don't understand what's gone wrong with Leicester. I know that their their, their um, owners are, are, are really, really skint because of the pandemic and the effect it's had on the airport business that they make their dough from. But just, to, yeah, you, you know, you both watch a lot of football. 
why can't Leicester defend corners? I don't understand mm. it. Mm. When, when you when you when you're defending a corner, somebody has to take the corner, and the goalkeeper stays back ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Mm. So it's eleven against nine to start with, right? So at the very least. No matter what the manager's telling you about zones and all the rest of it, the players can work out, right, we're going to go man for man here. That will still leave us two spare, including the goalkeeper. Um, and so when the header goes in, as they inevitably do against Leicester, at least we'll know who to blame. Because at the moment, they're just, they're just sort of swirling around in an amorphous mass of footballers, not quite defending the ball, aren't they? Well, they conceded 16 last season, uh, we were told, in Coventry, wow. and uh, from set plays. and. It doesn't look any better, and that is an indictment of the management and the coaching. If you if you can't turn that round, you and know. they have a set piece coach. The cameras were kind enough yeah. to find the poor fella at one point. <laughs> yeah. Stick a stick a caption under it so you could yeah. put him in the stocks when he got back to Ashby. I did. Did, it was, did he yeah. pretend to be looking at his watch and stuff? The sort of stuff you do. Think when you know, they always say the same thing about managers. You know what? What could he do when indeed he gave the ball away like that? Yeah. I mean, they, when you make mistakes like that. It's very but difficult. But then the lack of urgency, the lack of pressure. I mean, I'm a very pessimistic Tottenham fan normally when I'm watching them. And uh, I, was, mm -hmm. I didn't go to the game. I was I was on Isla, which was... So I was watching from That's a real lovely. distance in Scotland. Mm -hmm. But watching uh, watching in a pub there. And at no point, even at 2 all, even though the game was very even in mm -hmm. the first half, at no point, I was annoyed at our own ineptitude, but at no point did I think we would lose that game and, and Leicester would go on to win it. Oh. But, I mean, when you were on, were you partaking of the local liquid delights? Because oh, I, 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 much while I, I was I, there, yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't share your optimism at all. Because for seventy minutes, been, it could have been the I whiskey. Think, I think you might be slightly numbed to what was going on in that football stadium. If I'm being truthful, hmm. um, for seventy minutes they were they were making as many chances as Spurs. The difference is they weren't taking as many. Oh, they had nineteen shots at goal, but also you're right. Every time Spurs had the ball, they looked like they were going to score. Not just because they got good forwards and hooray for Son and Ming, bless his heart. Um, but but you're right. At this level, if never mind, you, you can't defend nine against eleven at corners. Yeah. If you don't, you know the phrase. If you don't put pressure, if you don't stand in front of the guy who's got the ball, he he's a, he's an international footballer, whichever he is in the Premier League, and he's got all day to pick a pass. I mean. Yeah. They, they made Hoiberg look like Perlo in the last 20 minutes, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I mean, yeah, as a neutral, I, I thought that Leicester were well beaten in the end. They, they were all right mm, at 2-2, yeah. and the third goal kind of definitely didn't help them. And I just think with Spurs, they just, there's so much improvement to get, to come. They're, well, they're, they're solid. They're I hope so. There, there is. There is. Certainly <laughs> before Saturday they're picking, week. Anyway. They're picking up the points. And, no. uh, you know, yeah, that those, I mean, we'll come on to Arsenal because I saw them in the flesh. Yeah. And, but both teams look solid top four yeah. for me. I did expect the word on, on Brendan Rodgers yesterday, Danny. I mean, they, we saw a couple of managerial um, changes in, in the EFL almost. So as soon as you hit the start of that international mm. week and they got that two weeks to regroup, I was very surprised that we didn't get well, the, the white smoke from uh, the, the, from Leicester. It's going to cost Whatever. ten million to to sack him. That's the problem. Sure, but what it is, it'll cost them a lot more if it go down. Well, that's um, also true. You know, the the truth of the matter is, and people mm. who've listened to me over the years know, I I harbour a particular vengeance for that Derby team of two thousand six who went down without trying. This Leicester team have now got less points and conceded more goals in the first six games or whatever number it is than that Derby County team. Wow. And mm. they, player for player, they are they are not a bad squad of players. Uh, you know, Tielemans and Madison and Ndidi and Barnes is a good midfield. Mm. Um, I, can't, I can never quite remember the, the centre-forward's name is Patson Dacker, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I tend to call him Datsun Packer as though All he's right. got a new sponsor. Terry's <laughs> <laughs> um, boy. I, I used to drive one of those. Nice car. They is, uh, yeah, very nice good car. Oh, yeah. Nissan Packer, they've got, I think it is. <laughs> but uh, just but, finally on that, the, before we're going to move on to Arsenal, we've got to blow smoke up Arsenal's backside, which will be painful for all of us. Let's so not do it. Why don't we cancel it? Play a tune. We, uh, you almost know for certain that Brendan Rodgers will go and have a great career and do very well at another club because he's a very good manager mm -hmm. uh, Leicester will get an uplift and they'll be absolutely fine once they make the change I think I, th I Oof, think they wow, will be they've got too many good people. players yes. I, I mean look, I'm not saying they're going to win the league but no. I'm saying they won't go down so I'll stick my neck uh, where are they they're, well, they're five points behind but, Wolves but you yeah, do you feel that, that up I suppose that, that, that like, change uh, well, needs we're going to hear later on Andy has got a theory that um, the league is already nicely cemented in place and we can yeah. discuss that a little later on because if 
<laughs> as it currently stands, West Ham and Leicester are going down. Yeah, no, less at the bottom, more yeah. at the top. Let's talk yeah. Arsenal then. And Andy, you saw them in the flesh for the first time this season yeah. at, at Brentford. And they're, they're more physical. They, yeah. they move the ball season. well and much more yeah. than last season. Saliba, though, really impressed me. Yeah. Oh, he's a good player. And he, he, he had Ivan Tony in his pocket, which nobody else has done when I've been down to Brentford. To be fair, the atmosphere was affected by the the weekend's events, yeah. and there was mm-hmm. no sort of hey Jude before the game. There was the and Brentford were just way off it. And the trouble is that I've got this thing when I watch Arsenal on TV. If they're two 0 up, I just go out or turn over or watch something. <laughs> I can't be bothered to watch them win. Yeah. When you're in the stadium, you've got to you're a captive sit, audience. Can't yeah. sit They've got there a cigar on at three. I kept thinking they were yeah. going to, but Brentford never looked no. like they were going to come back. They are looking good down here. So there's a North yeah. London derby in, in under two weeks now and yeah. at, at their place and uh, they, are, they are looking very uh, good. That's going to be Arsenal's problem, I think, taking points off the other top teams. Well, so we'll see. We, t- we talked about it a lot at the last season on various shows that I did um, and it, it seems to me they've got a fantastic, and I mean that word for a fantastic mm. crop of young players and into that they've injected um, Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus mm. and brought back Saliba a year too late he was the best centre-back in France two years ago mm. and for some reason they extended his loan to another year when he's once again the best centre-back in France and now he's come and done a great job for them there um it, it, they've added it to the young players and they're very young players no doubt we'll talk about it in a second and they've added a, a bit of experience and a bit of steel and they're they're a very good team they also and i heard you referring to at the top of the show they didn't play in europe think about this now the, these whether it's the the fact that the, the season is being compressed but the european games are really affecting teams after the champions league round milan lost inter lost ajax lost celtic lost Juventus lost and Bayern Munich lost. Didn't draw, didn't struggle. They all lost their league games Mm -hmm. three days later, four days later. Um, It's it's really, I think, in a a super compressed season and one where the players are slightly distracted by the oncoming World Cup. I think these teams who are in Europe are going to have to watch these these, these fixtures back in their their home leagues very, very carefully because they could slip away. Yeah, I, I felt that also with Arsenal because their squad is not that deep. Although they were able to cope without Erdogan, without Zinchenko on Sunday, you have yeah. to say that. But uh, Smith Rowe was out, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be. We all know this. The, the, the season. You, all you've got to do is you've got to stay in contention up to when the World Cup starts, and then when yeah. the second half of the season, which is going to be much more games, really, I think maybe twenty-two, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've lost. And you've got another transfer window as well, then, as to, to yeah, if you need yeah. to make and adjustments. So you know, and and obviously there'll be players who do well at the World Cup and aren't the same afterwards. There'll be players who are disappointed and aren't the same afterwards. There'll be players that are injured. So it is going to be a season like no other. We all know that. And uh, but at the moment, you looking at the top four. Brighton are up there, but I, you feel, yeah, Brighton are amongst a lot of teams like Fulham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Brentford, Newcastle. You know, there's quite a lot of teams that are all pretty much. You think the, same. the top four's done, do you? You're, you're like Paddy Power, you're paying out. I would. I think it's going to be Man City are <laughs> going to win it. And on that bombshell. Arsenal, Tottenham, and Manchester United. Bombshell. Danny Kelly is with us. We're looking at some of the big uh, football stories of the day. We've talked a bit of Leicester. We've uh, saluted Arsenal and the fine job that's going on there. Um, we're going to turn now to a story in t- uh, today's Times the headline. Premier League clubs consider plans to scrap FA Cup replays and revamp the League Cup, says our old friend Martin Ziegler. Um, and there are some pretty sweeping changes they'd like to see in, in the coming seasons, Danny. Uh, I, I think it's one of those situations from the EFL's point of view Well, they'll have to find a compromise because there are some in the Premier League's number who would like to not have the Carabao Cup, the League Cup altogether. As it is, we'll probably see it being contested by under-21s and it would be it would fall down the priority list for, for Premier League clubs, certainly those involved in Champions League football. I mean, I've, I've got mixed feelings about this because uh, on the surface, um, the scrapping of the replays... Um, means there will be slightly less football, which has to be a good thing because we're at saturation point with it now, I think, as consumers. But, of course, behind that is the the rather unhappy feeling that, you know, the the vast amount of money that occasionally teams make from the lower leagues by getting into replays will be wiped out. Um, 
and I wonder whether they'd have to change the way the things are financed and that you, you split the gates 50-50 to compensate teams from the lower leagues who are not going to get a replay. That's what's going to happen. But the real issue here, and I've got my serious head on now, lads, is that um, you've got to be careful to don't go down the cricket route here where they keep changing the tournaments and messing with them because they need to fit into television schedules. They've got too many contracts they've got to fulfil to the point where... Somebody, and I know, you know, I know you're both mad about cricket. Somebody like me, I'm nuts about cricket. And this year, for the first time, and I don't think it's advancing years, I think it's just that they had it, it's so weirdly arranged and everything's being done to fit that tournament because of that player's need to do this and this franchise has to be protected from that. They just, they've spoiled the actual, the, the feel of the traditional game mm. um, and the game itself. And I, I dread to think that football will go down the same route. It's true, but you know that we were not impressed with the hundred, really. But the, they love it because it it makes money. And I suppose it's the same sure. with the Carabao Cup. You know, Balls have got a theory about the Carabao Cup is basically right about Manchester. Well, it's just the old Gary Lineker thing about you know you play 120 <laughs> yeah. minutes and the Germans win on penalties. You get yourself into the final, and then City put out their strongest team and normally put you to the sword. So it's not if you're an EFL club, you're not thinking it's a chance of glory because inevitably Pep puts out his best team, and whoever you are, you could be Liverpool or Tottenham uh, or Chelsea. Oh, you get the shoeing. Um, and they, 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 why do they have to say it has to be an under twenty? They could, they're perfectly entitled to play their under twenty ones now if they yeah, want to. That's true. Why did it, Why is that? Why is that a rule change? I think it's just, just it, it's just going to apply to the teams that are in the Champions League. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, as we said, we've seen this. We have seen this before. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how much, but this is. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be an element of compromise because, as Martin Ziegler says, there are some clubs in the Premier League that would like to see the League Cup go as a tournament in their eyes, and it yeah. just becomes something for the Championship down, and not something that the Premier League clubs worry about. I think that would be sad. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it, it, it always it, was a, a it, when it when it came introduced. Was it in the 1960s? Yeah. The League Cup came into into being. Um, it, it, it made us different from the other countries who have suddenly had two major cup competitions. And the League Cup quickly established itself as a major cup competition. Um, but that was in the days when nobody questioned the possibility of players playing 70 games of football a season. Yeah. And they ran out there three quarters fit. That doesn't work anymore. Um, it would be a shame to lose it. I, I don't know what the, the answer is except to, to say somebody has to sit down and work out how we can play a little bit less football and football that is predictably timed in, in your week or your month and is not just being shifted around constantly um, so that the fans are chasing around after the schedule yeah. because I think it's, it's causing disillusion. Uh, Andy, t- t- why do you think the top four is nailed on? Uh, because... Who are, t- tell us who the top four are currently. Well, Man City, obviously, are going to win it. And well, they are. he's paying out. Yes. Yeah, he is. Uh, even if Haaland got injured, they'd still win it. But with him, and, the, and he'll play a good percentage of games, and he's going to have a month off. Yeah, I can't see them not winning it. Can you not? They look so powerful. And so who's going to be second then, Andy? Uh, well, that is uh, between Arsenal and Tottenham. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't split them at this point. Okay. We'll know a bit more when they play each Is other. Your optimism. Manchester yep. United, yeah. I think, looking good on a good run. I think they're looking good. And it's whether Liverpool, Chelsea, Newcastle, who else? You don't see Liverpool making it, do you? Andy, I don't. You, you, I don't. I just you, don't. Think, you, I'm not I, I been impressed with Liverpool. Is this season. just knee jerk Andy top no. four? Chat? No, you don't. Well, think what are so. you looking at in Liverpool? They've lost Mane, which was a big blow to them. And the boy they've signed looks good, but he isn't Mane and he hasn't yeah. replaced him. Is, yeah. uh, they've had injuries. They don't look as solid in midfield. That, Van Dyke doesn't look like Van Dyke used yeah. to look. They've got the Champions League to deal with. Mm. Yeah, but I just... Um, I'm not saying, they, I'm not saying they, they, they can't make top four. Of course they can. They can even win yeah. it. I'm not saying they... you know. But looking at it and looking at the way they've played, they're going to have to improve a lot. I don't know if you are a betting man, Andy. I, I should know, but I don't. I've known you for like 20 years. <laughs> you are. Good. Yeah. Well, you should get down to whatever, whoever your local um, honest Bob is, the bet, betting man, and say, what would you give me for neither Chelsea or Liverpool to finish in the top four? Because you're going to make yourself rich. Well, who knows? We'll, you, we'll honestly, see. you honestly see neither of those finishing in the top four? Well, I, I feel, you know, whoever... I mean, Graham Potter's come in and... We yep. saw the first game. We saw there was only increase in energy, increase in in that sort of yeah, thing. Mount played better. What did you like about what he did? Well, could you I, see what I, he I changed? Liked, I like the fact that they looked a bit more lively, which wouldn't have been difficult as they weren't 
even trying a lick, really. Yeah. So, uh, apart from when they played Spurs. And I just... So they can't find Andy issue, well, no. <laughs> it's, a lack, it's a lack of goals in Chelsea that is a big problem. Right. You know, Spurs have got, across that front be line, right, they've got be 50 all right next to year. 60 goals. I can't see, apart from Sterling, maybe you get 10, 50. I can't see anybody else. Why would it be all right scoring? next year when apparently you're swapping Lukaku yeah. for Kane oh, as, I, as I see in the papers? Called in the Calcio Mercato. Is in Italy? I'll be I'll be one of those Mercato. people out. <laughs> I'll be be gluing my hands to the that's road not, outside White Hart Lane since I'm leaving. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle do. I mean, again, Newcastle have dropped points when they shouldn't. Really. Who's going then, Andy? Come on, I'm enjoying this. Oh, You've yes. got your top four without Liverpool to win. Well, well, really good. Who's 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 going? Forest, uh, mm-hmm. Bournemouth, yeah, and probably Leicester. I you think, think Leicester? Yeah, See, I, 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 I think they'll be all right. Ultimately. Yeah, but it's going to be difficult. Uh, you think Bournemouth as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, they've done all right since Scott Parker left, but I still don't see it. Really. Forest, Danny, as we said before, you know, getting beat. Six by uh, City won't define their season, but there are certain games down there like Fulham um, that that yeah. will, and that is that would be the concern and for throwing Forest away fans. two goal leads won't help. Yeah, you, no, that's really can't, the times. you can't be losing three two at home to Fulham if you've got any chance at all of you know. And it just it's all so strange what's happening. Where are we now? We're, we're nearly by the time they next play, it'll be October. Um, and Serge Aurier is still awaiting a visa to play. I mean, it's it is something not quite right with Nottingham Forest. I was impressed, though, um, with the Fulham um, scorers because uh, the second goal, when you looked on the BBC's website, it looked like Fulham were nine up mm. because they had they put him up as Lobo Alves Palinha Gonçalves. Um, now, he's registered with the Premier League as João Paulinha, um, but his actual name oh, is João Maria Lobo Alves Paulinho Gonçalves. Now, I think he's got to get down to his shirt. And he may have to run onto the shorts and the back of his socks as well. But I want to see proper, I want to see the full name now from now on. Wow. Um, but, it, but again, with full of gum, Danny, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. And the real test there for Nottingham Forest is they conceded three goals at home against Fulham and Mitrovic didn't score. So that means you're giving the other team every chance to beat you. Um, and I don't know what he's going to do about it, Steve Cooper, because I totally understand the need to upgrade the entire squad. And it's what I would do if I was playing football manager. The trouble is you're then trying to learn on the job in the most difficult league in the world. Yeah. And it really is very tricky. Now, Danny, I bring you bad news to end with. I had oh. thought uh, yeah, an, an APB really on Thomas Frank and why yes. they left the field against Arsenal saluting his fans with a box of Maltesers under his arm would definitely be sorted out by by talk sport listeners who, yeah. who would know. Nobody has come through with the with the answer. I've gone to uh, the two fonts of knowledge, Google, Googled in Thomas Frank Maltesers, nothing. I've <laughs> oh even dear. gone to Twitter, Thomas Frank Maltesers, nothing. Oh, no. Now, I, I can't believe well, this is a regular just Oh, yeah, what's the matter with you, Thomas Frank? Always has a box of Maltesers under his arm. <laughs> no, he was I have my suspicions. Like the, he was carrying it like the glove bag that a goalkeeper has. But um, Paul, we haven't got to the I've bottom of it. I've got my suspicions. Oh, I have yeah. my suspicions, though. Um, t- several things. I think Thomas Frank is the favourite to take over at Leicester if Brendan Rodgers go. Oh, we God. know that Leicester's owners are frat, flat broke, so this may be the worst bribe you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. They've sent Thomas, uh, they've sent him a box of Maltesers. Said, "Come on, son, you'll love it in the Midlands. The pork pies are excellent as well as the Maltesers." What about that? It could be. It could yeah, be I, just I, yeah, I a form Post- of tapping up. I heard Postecoglou yeah. was. Uh, the what, likes more teasers. Likes more teasers. Come on, let's Leicester. have your managers that love more <laughs> teasers. Brentford fans be gut- gutted yeah. if uh, Thomas Frank left. They're they're a, they're a good. Uh, f- uh, uh, Sorry, Danny. Andy, Andy, I know, I know. You often sit in the studio there with your high quality bars of chocolate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, when I've worked with you, do. Where, where do you stand? When do you stand on the bars of chocolate that purport to be Maltese chocolate? Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm not. He's, I'm Andy, not right Andy won't. He's a bit like because he's a snob. He thinks non-league football is anyone outside the top six. He doesn't regard <laughs> including any, Chelsea. Unless a bar of chocolate costs ten quid, he doesn't even call it a bar of chocolate. That's not true. Um, <laughs> lovely, Danny. Lovely to talk to you. And um, oh yeah, brilliant. If we do get to the bottom of Maltese 
small teaser gate because it is a gate now. Okay. We will we will pass <laughs> it on to you. We'll make sure you know. Who is our Brentford correspondent? Well, we'll have to. I think a call Natalie, Natalie would know. Yeah, Natalie. Natalie Sawyer. So there's two calls to be made. I look at the producer yeah. now. He's, I know he's got better things to do. But A, a call to Natalie Sawyer. And B, if not the excellent uh, Brentford press department who can hopefully clear or indeed Thomas Frank himself let's let's go let's go let's have him over let's go to the source (laughs) cheers Danny all the best bless you man be good there we are Danny Kelly returns next Monday as we pour over then we won't will we because there's no Premier League game there'll be England to talk about and there'll be England that night there'll be loads of international and Wales so yeah yeah yeah, of course that's right let's not be little Englander we've got plenty to talk about next week Uh, when Danny Kelly joins us once again. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We did ask you earlier on for tales of over-familiarity. David Moyes uh, posts that Everton defeat, slightly balking at a journalist calling him Moisey. Um, So, have you had situations like that? Uh, Dan says, I once asked Rod Stewart, haven't you paid your gas bill when he came into my shop to buy three fan heaters for his housekeeper? He didn't look too happy. (laughs) He, he can take that, I'm sure. Yeah, He's been in here before, Rod. Mm. I think he'd be all right. Regular talk sport listener. Um, what have we got here? Tales of over-familiarity. I was on the tube with a few mates years ago on the way to a madness concert at Finsbury Park and Roger Lloyd Pack, Trigger, of course, Moaning Falls and Horses, was sitting opposite me and I said, Hello, Dave. To which he said, Oh, yes, very original. I get <laughs> no. quiet for the... Well, we, <laughs> yeah, I know. You the late, great Roger Lloyd Pack we had in the studio yeah. and I said, How many times a day do people shout, Oi, Trigger, or... Hello, Dave, out of a van window. And he said about 50 every day. So um, you can imagine what maybe that gets like if you want to put yourself in his shoes. But an iconic performance and a great sitcom. Mm. So do keep those coming. We are looking for tales of over-familiarity in the David Moyes, Moisey envelope, talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089 or you can tweet to T-S-H-A-N-D-J. We'll also ask you to vote for your favourite uh, clip of the month from August. And that's a little bit late, but we'll bring you the best of them and you can vote a bit later on. In the meantime, Andy, as we await our next guest over in Florida. Yes, what have I got here? There have been lots of nice anecdotes over the weekend and the 10 days since the Queen died. and uh, yeah. But I did particularly like this football-based one from the former Bishop of London, Richard mm. Chartres. Um, yeah. uh, he recalls that, recalling the reply of a centenarian, uh, c- sorry, a centenarian at the Maunday service yeah. when the Queen asked to what he attributed his great age, the man said, I'm a Norwich City supporter and I only drink alcohol when they win. Oh, hey. hey. Good line. Yeah, good. good line. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with us until uh, four o'clock this afternoon. And uh, I hope Danny Kelly's still listening. If not, we'll pass it on to him. But uh, we've got to the bottom of uh, what went on with the Thomas Frank uh, nursing uh, a box of Maltesers as he uh, left the ground thanking the fans uh, the other day uh, after the Arsenal match. And, of course, it was Natalie Sawyer who we asked, uh, a fine breakfast presenter of the weekends. 
And uh, she doesn't know for certain, but she said, I can only imagine it's because our famous fan Woody may have given them to him. He's often uh, given Thomas chocolates uh, while Thomas is doing the lap of honour. So that's Definitely what it is. wasn't a lap of honour on Sunday. <laughs> no, I think, but he had a big smile. I mean, look, you know, if you're Brentford and you've done as well as he has, and you know, I mean, look, they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not, they're not they're, you, no, you he know, you're going. He there. was full of praise for yeah. us. They're not the, the sort of fan challenges. base who are going to turn on the team after one game. No, are they? of course really. not. You know, they're not singing Frank out, are they? Really? Yeah. We were having that usual debate over which one of the twins it was, and it was only settled at half time when. Uh, uh, my mate. Oh, this you should to. explain this, Andy. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's well, a fairly amount of assumed knowledge. <laughs> yes. Tell us what you mean by that. <laughs> well, I was saying earlier that uh, one of the games I went to, or a few of the games I've been to, there are two brothers. They're twins, and one of them likes a drink, and the other one's a teetotaler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you never know which one you're going to get. And so he seemed very quiet at the first half. And I said to my mate, "I think that's it's, it. it's it's I think it's the other it's one. It's sober twin. It's sober twin. I think it's the other one. Not boozy twin." And then he he went for a drink my mate at half time and yeah. uh, he saw he had three pints lined up right, in oh, front okay. of him <laughs> half time half time yeah wow. so oh it's that one. Oh, it's that one <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so now you know boozy yeah, yeah. twin or uh, yeah but even he was quite quite much they were two nil down but even yeah. so you know three pints in and two and two two nil down yeah he's still quite quiet yeah, yeah. So. i mean you can always when you say hello to him when you first get there get quite close and smell his breath <laughs> no, i don't think then i want to do which, that you know which or just breathalyze them <laughs> buy one of those home breathalyzers <laughs> so when you're at the game just say look to save me all of it are you are you drunk twin or sober twin can you just blow on this please mate just blow on this for a few seconds we did ask you about unusual yeah. gifts off the back of the thomas frank more teasers and uh joe in norwich said when i was a kid one of my hobbies would be to draw the home shirt front and back and glue them onto it the cardboard bit in the middle of a loo roll bit quiet around your way Joe is it getting is it really <laughs> those long summer holidays um, but yeah it's yeah. like why don't you hello my name's Joe from North. anyway um, I would then cut out the heads of my favourite players from the local paper and stick them on top now That's I can see nice. I mean, uh, yeah it was purely a hobby well I'm glad to hear it you didn't think of going on and doing it for a living <laughs> until I got invited to a training session by a family friend who sponsored one of the coaches and the eight year old me decided to distribute them to the players in question and I do often wonder if Darren Huckabee or Rob Green still have those gifts. I mean, who knows? I, I, if it was me, I would have cherished it. The only thing is, they come out of the local paper. It's a pretty good chance mm. that they were black and white heads on a yellow and green shirted body. <laughs> oh, great. So that would have been, it, it may have looked a bit voodoo, Joe, yeah. really, when you handed them over, especially of players who weren't playing well. But a brilliant uh, email. Thank you very much for that. You can keep those coming. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. Should we have some clips of the month? Oh, yeah, go for it. We'll have more time to chat later on, but for now, belatedly, it's the clips of the month for August. Yes, we've got six for you. We're going to ask you to vote. We'll play you the winner just before we hand over to Andy Goldstein and Darren Bentham for with Drive. But these were some of the best that we brought you. So we'll have two semi-finals and a final at TSHNJ, TSHANDJ. We'll do it all on Twitter. And we'll start with the reporter Mike McCarthy who was covering Hull against Bristol City, struggling with his Colombian strikers. Tufan, Slater and Seri in midfield with Tyler Smith, Saida Manesh and Esther Penin... Esther We'll get there eventually. Estupinian, the uh, the new lad up front. That's very good, isn't it? Esther 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 Ranson. Yes, he, he did well. Now here's a Simon. Not here, a, a the, not a, not a. Here's the Simon Jordan, not a Simon Jordan. It's <laughs> <laughs> Simon Jordan talking about the strains of running a football club. Can you imagine I what no. I had, Jim, when I lost that football club and the fans held me responsible? Can you imagine what I got? I got piles. Well, stress does affect people in different ways, it's of true. course, Simon. That I can I can understand that. This is Reshmin Chowdhury at Craven Cottage, having one of those moments where she just can't remember the right words. It would have been easier to say halfway line. It is a glorious day here at Craven Cottage. We're in the John Haynes stand, uh, almost at the halfway point, the half... Um, halfway line. Halfway line. Yeah, it's quick, it's yeah. quick to say, it yeah, been, to yeah. say halfway line. Um, what's next? It's Fisherman's Blues now and Nigel Botherway talking birthday celebrations. With a message from me to Tom Ayres thanking him for hosting a great show last Sunday. 
It was Tom's birthday in the week and he celebrated with an hour on his local river catching chub and roach. Who needs cake? Well, you quite I like cake. You can't, nice cake. can't really put a candle in a chub. <laughs> you can't really. Well, you can try. You can try. <laughs> put a maggot on your yeah, tongue, but if I you suppose. threw him back, it, the candle would go out. It's no, too complicated yeah, to think about. Far too complicated. Yeah. Um, here's Laura Woods introducing superstar DJ Paul Oakenfold on The Breakfast Show. Okay, so he's been voted the best trance DJ, received three Grammy, Grammy nominations. I well, if your granny, granny. Can't, if your granny can't give you a nomination, <laughs> you've got no chance of you, really. <laughs> and finally, that's a good clip there. Finally, Alan Brazil with some extra information about the Cristiano Ronaldo story. Reports are suggesting that Ronaldo was brutally axed in front of the whole Man United squad during a two-hour summit meeting earlier this week. It comes at the end of a long willy. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, you learn something every day, don't you? Fair Things enough. you never knew about Cristiano Ronaldo. So there we are. Is it uh, Mike McCarthy struggling with his Colombian strikers at Hull? Uh, is it Simon Jordan with the strains of running a football club? Is it Reshman? Cannot think of the word for the halfway line. Is it Nigel, by the way, Fisherman's Blues? You can't put a candle in a chub. Um, is it Laura Woods and uh, those Granny Awards? Or is it... Um, Extra Long Willy, uh, Alan Brazil. Um, let us know your favourite at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. We'll have two semi-finals up very shortly for you to vote in. And just before four o'clock, uh, we will be bringing you the uh, winner. So go along and vote for your two semi-finals. We'll have a final. We'll give you an update later and uh, play you the winner. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Malteser update from Natalie Sawyer once again mm. as we just just joining us uh, Thomas Franks in clutching a box of Maltesers as he walked around uh, the side mm. of the pitch thanking the Brentford fans after the defeat to Arsenal the other day and uh, Natalie Sawyer our very own of course regular Brentford uh, attendee says mm. it was probably Woody who'd given him to one of our famous fans often gives Thomas chocolate the addition to that Andy is that it, it could be that it's Woody's birthday this week and it was in fact Thomas giving him the Maltesers. Well, it could There's only one way to find out. That's for our own fake brothers to lead off probably the most important <laughs> press conference in Ivan Tony's life with a question about Maltesers. No, we won't make you do that, Faith. Of course, of course not. Because you, good afternoon, by the way. We're going to hear from we're going to hear from uh, Ivan Tony a little bit later on, aren't we? I will make sure I sit on the front row and push in front of Rob Dorsett from Sky Sports and get that in as the first question. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, Andy, you were telling me that Manchester City have sent one of their physios over to Norway. Yes. Because he's like, as if, you know... Precious. The precious... <laughs> they're precious player. So you know, they're sort of standing by the side of the pitch, wincing every time there's a, a 50-50 challenge that, uh, well, that goes in. Like City fans will be. Apparently it's because they, they want to make sure he sticks to the training routines, which have worked so well during the opening six weeks of the campaign. He's going to get a month off in November. Um, mm. Something that none of us yeah, can I mean, really they understand. They have kept him fit thus far, City, and he has had a few... Yeah. In, in, not, I can't think of the right word, but injuries. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the I wonder what the feeling is in the Norway camp. Um, let's let's find out as much as we can. Lars Sivertsen, of course, European football expert, joins us. Hi, Lars. Good afternoon, guys. How's it going? Is he treated with sort of kid gloves when he goes? Is he treated as any, anything different when he goes to the Norwegian camp? What the, the interesting thing about this? First of all, uh, Alan Bart Holland is a is a big boy, not just physically, but you know he's also someone who who takes his his fitness very seriously. And I I, I suspect he's he's not one of those footballers who just turn up in the morning, do what the club tells him to, and then go home. Like he's mm. personally very engaged in how his body is looked after. Um, but the intriguing thing about this is that what's being claimed from the Norwegian side of things, from the national team coach, uh, Stolz Solbakken, uh, is that this is not just uh, Alling Holland related. And I do find this a little bit hard to believe. Uh, but but he do, that is what's being claimed by the Norwegian national team coach, is that they'd been looking uh, for a third physio. They had two physios looking after a squad of, of you know, 20-something players. And, and they felt it would be a good idea to have in an extra physio. And then Alling Holland suggested this guy that he happened to know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so uh, okay. He worked with that Man City, which is, I I concur. I I'm, I'm with you guys. When I heard the news, I figured, okay, this is Man City wanting to keep an eye on their asset, and maybe that's what it is. But I think, in fairness, uh, 
that's what the Norwegian national team coach is saying that he's not just going to work with Erling Haaland he's going to he's going to work with everyone and I, I suppose it would just be an added bonus for City that they have someone they know and trust at the camp to make sure they don't uh, do not do anything crazy with their prized assets. Um, we, sorry, Andy, carry on. What no, I was going to say, probably the same thing you were going to say. When you have two wonderful attacking talents like him and Erdegaard, mm. why aren't Norway at the World Cup? Well, what didn't, happened? They didn't get the required amount of points <laughs> well, in qualifying. The, I mean, they were in a toughish the group, weren't they? Uh, Holland and, and Turkey. But yeah. still, I mean, is, is there not the depth in the squad? I mean, there's plenty of other good players within that squad, do you think? But what ultimately happened for those that didn't follow uh, it? So it does depend a little bit about how much time we have. But really, <laughs> the, the last qualifying campaign, you mentioned we were on a group with Holland and Turkey. Obviously, Holland are the top rated there. And the, the, the games against Turkey were very important for us. And the first of those were pl- was played in Malaga, if I recall correctly, in COVID conditions. And it was one of the first games under our new national team coach. He'd only had a couple of sessions with the squad. And uh, I think there were some some mistakes were made in terms of how we set up in that game tactically and stuff. So we lost that. We lost a very important game in qualifying under slightly difficult circumstances. And then for the last run of games, uh, last autumn uh, it was, wasn't it, where, where the qualifying spots were all sorted, we had a lot of absentees. We had a lot of injuries uh, and a lot of key guys missing for some of the biggest games. So... Truth be told, I mean, Erling Haaland, he's a young guy and he hasn't actually, a a lot of his career after he really broke out has been, you know, uh, well, he basically hasn't played that many games yet for the national team. He's he's played a few, he's obviously, his goal scoring record is extraordinary, but he hasn't played that many qualifiers and we haven't you, you you say we have these two great players but yeah there's some issues with the rest of the squad and this was a bit of a half-baked qualifying campaign due to covid restrictions uh, due to a bit of an injury crisis so i, I think it's more a sense that people are really optimistic about our next qualifying uh, uh, period then there is the other thing of like not none of them can play a center half uh, which is an issue uh, <laughs> our, our, our defense is that there is a little bit of a concern there uh, who who is is going to really we haven't I mean we haven't had a truly top class international centre half since Breda Hangeland really mm. I would argue now a, a lot of people are hoping that Christoph Ayer from Brentford will mature into that player uh, we have a young player named Leo Östegal who was on the books at Brighton uh, has had some loans in the championship now playing in Italy uh, he's looked okay so we have some prospects there but but there is a real sense that yes we have those two big guys but the rest of the squad there are some holes I mean, we've had generational talents in the past who don't play at a World Cup. We hope that isn't the case. I mean, George mm. Best is the one that always comes to mind, yeah. of course. Mm. But, I mean, is there that fear that uh, that there isn't sufficient depth in the squad despite, you know, a couple of game changes that he'd be maybe one of those? I mean, it's a long way off. He's got, we're talking about another 10, 12 tournaments potentially. Yeah, and I also think... it's going at the situation the wrong way around and say, oh, is there a fear that you don't have a lot of good players? I mean, Mm. there's excitement that we have a couple of very good players. We're a pretty small country and we haven't actually had... We've had a pretty fallow period. I mean, you guys might remember us as, you know, being at the World Cup in 94 and being at the World Cup in in, uh, 98 and being at the Euros in in 2000 and just thinking of us as an established, you know, uh, solid uh, European nation. And and obviously the fact that we've had a lot of players in England over the years, you know, it, it adds to that impression. But, but but the reality for us is that we've had quite a long period of time now where we just haven't been that strong. Mm. And, and and this generation here now, obviously having one of the best players in the world is very exciting. And, and having a, a, a captain and leader and midfield in Martin Odegaard is, is very exciting. But there, there is good stuff in this generation if you look. I mean, we have quite a few players who are sort of in their early 20s still who are looking good. There's just a couple of positions where we're a little bit short. But I, I would certainly go into the next qualifying campaign pretty optimistic on our behalf. And we have a very good coach in Stolz Holbuchen, who I like yeah. quite a lot. And finally, going going back to Holland, uh, presumably you've not been surprised by the impact he's made on the Premier League, which is pretty staggering, I think. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that many goals. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm a little bit cautious by nature. If you'd have asked me before the season, you know, is he is he going to score? What is it, eleven in his first seven games for Man City? Mm. I would say no. He probably won't do that. Uh, so. I, 
and I guess one of the things I was one of the people I'll hold my hands up and admit I was one of the people who thought it might take a little bit of time to to integrate him into the team because he it's still true he does do quite a lot of different things on the field than what Pep Guardiola historically speaking asks from his forwards you know he like guys who press a lot uh, who, who run exactly where he tells them to run and all this sort of stuff whereas Alan Holland is very much his own man now all of these things, I, I think those could be challenges in the future. But while he's scoring like between one and three goals every single game, it just doesn't matter. You know, it just, <laughs> it, if, you, if you score that many goals, no one cares about any other other stuff. No, it's, and he's going to get a month yeah. off. As it's, you know, so if you're a yeah. City fan or a, a, an Arsenal fan and they're, they're the, you're the jewels in your crown, then... Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. I mean, I, I, obviously, <laughs> we, we'd rather he didn't, but uh, but that's what it is. And I guess, coming looping right back to where we started with this, the big enemy for him is injuries. I think that that's not a secret. Yeah. Uh, he has a very unique physique. He has a combination of size and 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 power and acceleration that's extremely rare. It, it does remind you sometimes of like. Going to the airport when you see the biggest planes take off, like mm. the 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 double deck, the A three eighties, the Airbuses, when they take off, there's something about looking at it that your brain doesn't quite compute <laughs> that something that big is actually in the air and flying. It just it doesn't make sense. I get the similar thing if you're watching Alling Hall and live, and he sort of runs off with that sort of burst of acceleration he has. It just doesn't seem to make physical sense that something that large can accelerate that quickly. <laughs> but but obviously it does mean he has to be very very careful with his physique and with his muscles muscles he has to make sure he doesn't put on more muscle first of all he can't get too heavy uh, but also he has a history of picking up some little niggles here and there so they have to be very very careful with all that so from that perspective obviously it's good news for him that he gets uh, gets a month off thank you Lars thanks very much as always anytime gentlemen definitely our Lars Sivertson uh, Scandinavian football expert thanks to him the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast so we have a winner for uh, the uh, clips of the month for August and uh, it, it was it was Alan Brazil. Both, I mean, there was a bit of old school smart really for both of them. <laughs> they're the ones you got to the final. Sixty four percent against Simon Jordan's thirty six. It was Alan Brazil um, chatting about Cristiano Ronaldo. Reports are suggesting that Ronaldo was brutally axed in front of the whole Man United squad during a two hour summit meeting earlier this week. It comes at the end of a long willy. There we are, Route 1. But nothing wrong with that. Anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll have the clips of the week back for you on uh, Friday. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Andy, you're back tomorrow. Back tomorrow, yeah. Going big on the San Marino Seychelles. Well, got uh, to. So stick around for that. More build-up to the England game uh, on the Friday, which we'll bring you live. So I do hope you can join us uh, from one. If not, the podcast will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.